If you don't design your own life plan, chances are you'll fall into somebody else's plan. And guess what? Guess what they have planned for you? Not much. of the Uncle Marv podcast. I am your host, Uncle Marv, coming at you from the land of Florida Man. Lots of stories about Florida Man in the news. We're not going to talk about those. Although I do have a couple of news bits that I do want to talk about. First of all, if you are a sports fan, let's say specifically you're a sports fan of the football team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Congratulations. The Buccaneers are headed to the Super Bowl. I like the Buccaneers, but I hate Tom Brady. So, what a dilemma. Last year, I rooted for the Chiefs. I don't know what I'm going to do this year. If you have any suggestions, please let me know. I do want to give a couple of shout-outs. And specifically, I think I want to do, let's just do one shout-out. So, next Monday night, we are hoping and trying to plan a very special happy birthday. For those of you that have been a part of Junior Achievement, more specifically Najak, you will recognize the name Johnny Sweeney. There is a very special birthday happening next week. We are putting stuff together. I don't want to talk about too much what it is. I don't want to jinx it. But if you are a part of the Najak family, you know the name Johnny, reach out to me during the week and see what you can do to help with this very special birthday. Uh, let's see. I actually had a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. My guest tonight, Elise Roth Tedeschi, is somebody that was from the beach. That's right. Satellite Beach. Attended school with her. And I was going to look for some news stories around the cities of Satellite Beach, Indian Harbor Beach, Melbourne. And the only one I could really come up with is that Vieira continues to rise in the ranks of the top 20 master plan communities around the county. And I will have the link in the show to that to, for you to look at and peruse. And if you have any other news that comes up about the beach, around the beach, satellite, or if you want to venture out and you are a classmate that I went to Palm Beach Atlantic College with, uh, you can send me news Updates and stories there, just like we did with Amy and Alan last week when we talked about Alan's art and Amy's zoo thing. Uh, I did have the link to Amy's zoo. I am pushing her to do a webcam. They possibly have a baby watch going on at the Chicago Zoo. They have otters that they think are pregnant. And otters, they're cute little animals. So since people can't be going to the zoo because of this COVID times, I'm encouraging them to put a baby cam up on the otters. So help us do that and uh, get things going. And uh, looks like we already have people in the chat. And wow, so nice that I cleaned up for this one. Thank you very much for your participation. 
So, all right. And uh, let's see. Let me not go on with the rest of the news because I want to go ahead and get to the guest. I want to keep this short and sweet because we are going to do something different. We are going to have a post show. So once we're done with the live broadcast here, we're going to stay on and chat, answer questions, hang out, maybe have a beverage or so. But let me introduce to the stage right now, Elise Roth Tedeschi. Reese, how are you? Good. How are you? I am good. It's been a while since we chatted. <laughs> Very much. Very much. How are you? How's everyone? Uh, doing good. Doing good. Yeah, Hi, Amy. Yep. There's a uh, moose in the chat. We actually have uh, Barb hanging out with us as well. Yeah. And it looks like we've got uh, some people watching. So very good, very good. Um, so Elise, uh, you and I had a nice, what did we talk for, an hour and a half the other day? I know. <laughs> we did. We did. And um, got uh, caught up on some stuff. And let's first tell everybody, I explained that you came from the beach with the rest of us. So your yeah. history there were you born in Indian Harbor Beach? I was actually born in Cape Canaveral because I think Holmes was newer. Ah, so I <laughs> didn't trust it. Beach, but the only house I ever lived in was uh, our house across from Ocean Breeze Elementary. I think everyone knew where my parents' house was. And, um, yeah, I'm the youngest of four. So um, all my siblings went to Satellite, Carrie, Todd, Greg and myself. And um, yeah, my dad was mayor of Indian Harbor Beach for some time, councilman, all that. Really? Um, I didn't know that. I didn't have a space program, probably like a lot of parents did. Okay. I didn't know your dad was mayor. When was that? Actually, when, it, when I was in high school, which was good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you, uh, I don't know. Couldn't get away with anything, could you? No, because I get pulled over for speeding, and I remember they're going, I know who your dad is. And I'm like, okay, so are you going to give me a ticket or not? <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, I remember having those types of conversations. It usually was on the other side, though. It was, uh, <laughs> we're going to call your mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom, actually, a lot of people remember my mom because um, my mom um, – came to Delora um, for uh, home ec and um, taught people microwave cooking. But my parents sold tons and tons of microwaves. If your parents, if you growing up had a Litton um, microwave, you probably bought it from my parents' store. And you, if you bought it, you would actually get, um, uh, yeah, home ec. Uh, you would, you would actually get um, cooking classes. And then it led to my mom writing uh, a national syndicated cooking column for Gannett newspapers. So she was kind of famous. She used to get fan mail, which is pretty cool. Well, probably <laughs> like you do now, right? No. <laughs> I just get weird stalkers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, so Amy writes, I still think of her when I tent Sent, plastic uh, wrap plastic before cooking. Before cooking. Yeah, I do that too. <laughs> I, was, I, still, I still cook a bunch of stuff. It's the best to 
cook uh, veggies in the microwave. Right. You're not supposed to do that, are you? Yeah. Really? I always do it like a little bit of water at the bottom, stick it in. It sort of gets that steam, put, you know, the lid on it. You get beautiful broccoli. Okay. <laughs> I don't cook anymore, so I don't have to worry about that. But I never thought of cooking vegetables in the microwave. Of course, we air fry everything now. Oh, us too. You do? Yeah. I we I swear we make like typically three different meals at my house. I have one son that is a vegetarian, and he's 15 years old. He's been a vegetarian probably since he was 10, totally on his own. And everyone kept saying, don't bug him about it. It'll end. So I was like, oh, gosh, I want to have to make another meal. Um, however, he, um, he, I taught him basic cooking, and he cooks a lot himself. My other son does not eat red meat, and so he's more chicken, pasta, carboy. And then I cook. My husband and I switch off cooking, and we order out way too much. Interesting. So. <laughs> yeah, I um, I am sorry to say that I put on some COVID pounds, and so we decided that we would get healthy, except the last time the wife tried to put me on a plan to lose weight, it did not work. <laughs> so we're trying something new, and we are doing it's – not, it's not like a juice fast – Right. But basically, we're doing all fresh juices. And, you know, she's, she's got five or six different, you know, green juice recipes. And we're cutting out. Now, it's always been my contention that I needed to cut out sugar and soda. And that and would. Carbs. Well, I don't know if I can cut out carbs, but we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're doing. Um, on most days, we can do two meals of juices, and then I just kind of snack on healthy fruits and nuts and raisins and stuff like that, and then I have one meal at night. Torture. It is. It is so torture. So I don't know how long I can do this, but we're going to try. Yeah. We are going to try. Um, <laughs> I, uh, so... We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. I know we're going to talk about um, my fun with pancreatic cancer, but a from pancreatic cancer, um, my, I have tons of damage to my pancreas. I still had a pancreas left and lots of damage. It's been atrophying. And so basically, um, it's turned me into, um, it's, um, it's type 1 diabetes, which is, your body um, isn't producing right now. My body's not producing enough insulin. And I also have an antibody that a lot of people are born with, um, especially younger diabetics that is fighting all the cells that actually make insulin. So um, still waiting on more tests, but um, now I have to I have this monitor somewhere here. And I have to um, start watching my sugar and carbs are basically sugar because carbs turn into sugar unless you use them. 
So um, I cut out all carbs and most carbs, I should say, and sugar. And I'm I'm a total foodie, so I'm like, at least I can have butter. <laughs> Lisa, okay. Well, before we get into all that, so you saw the little video that I did for the <laughs> intro, right? I so did. I have a little question. The uh, one of the photos I wanted to say. So where did that one come from? <laughs> You're gonna say that. <laughs> well, so how funny because I'm sitting at a table and I've got like all this stuff I have to put away, but I have that. Oh, oh hang on. Let me. Uh... There you go. So there it is. Let I mean, me see if it's I can. So embarrassing. So, so hold it up again. Hold it up again so that people can okay. see. I made you I made you bigger. So there it is. 2020 over 40 and fabulous contest. Uh inspiration award winner. There we go. Nice. So I have to tell you first what my boys said about this. What did they say? Um, so I have two teenagers, one's 15 and one is 17. And um my 17-year-old, I came home from this photo shoot, and um, my son was like, Mom, like, he, you know, I never wear that much makeup, like, especially the eye makeup. And he goes, Mom, um, I think you look like one of those ladies in the, um, what do you call it? Uh, he's like, you look like one of those ladies in that holds little kids in the basement. <laughs> Stop. I was like, that's really specific. Stop. Is, that, is he talking like a like a Lifetime movie? <laughs> Those, uh... I, well, I think probably like Criminal Minds or something. <laughs> Ouch. Or, or it could be like Corella DeVille, you know? Mm. Um, I have to tell you, it, you know, if you know, you know me now, I'm like, I got nominated for this. This It's from a magazine, um, Best Self Atlanta, Great People. And um, they nominated me for this over 40 and fabulous. And I cracked up like every time I'd say fabulous, I just crack up because I'm like, so fabulous. <laughs> it's so not me. I felt like when I got to this photo shoot, I mean, there's like Mrs. Universe and like all these like beautiful, beautiful people. And I, I, I felt like the odd man out. So, but it was, it was pretty fun. And, um, you know, I, I think the best part, I got to raise awareness about uh, pancreatic cancer and um, I'm very involved with pancan.org too. So. All right. Well, let's, let's go ahead and talk about that because you have okay. been kind of on a, I don't want to say a tear, but since your diagnosis, uh, when was that? 2012? 12. Okay. Yeah, so prior to that, um, I had the worst back pain you could ever imagine. Um, and I kept losing weight, but I, in my head I was like, oh, I'm trying to lose weight. So, um, but I kept losing weight, kept losing weight, um, kept going back to the doctor. The doctor would tell me, you know, you, um, you know, you probably take too much Advil and, you know, like all these things I was like, no. And so they did an MRI, but not a CT scan with contrast, which is really the only way to see this. 
and they discovered I had a bulging disc. They couldn't see why it was bulging, so I did all this physical therapy, didn't help, got worse and worse and worse and worse. Fast forward like almost eight months later, I finally got diagnosed and um, I ended up switching doctors. So I switched internal medicine doctors. And I think that's always a thing like, you know yourself and if you're not getting the right answers, you have to go, um, you just you just have to go and get a better, a second, third, fourth opinion. And um, then I saw an oncologist here, ended up going to Moffitt in Tampa and um, sitting in this office with like a ton of oncologists, radiation oncologists, medical oncologists, surgical oncologists, my sister and I, and a couple other doctors. And they're, you know, they give me this news and they first say, so um, we know you want a diagnosis. I'm like, yes. Just want to know what's going on. Like, why do I feel so bad? And um, they said, well, you have, at this point, they said, you have locally advanced pancreatic cancer. And I, you know, you hear the word pancreatic cancer, you're just like, am I dreaming this? And I, I remember thinking that if my sister could paint my face of what my face looked like, I, it was just like despair, you know? And then um, went on to do more tests. I actually told everyone that I was stage three because I thought in my head that I was stage three. I really didn't even know the difference. And my sister even let like played along and just let me go and say that to my family. Um, because the doctor had said something about like, I'm going to treat you like stage three. So I just assumed I was stage, stage three. Um, and then when I got to Atlanta to find an oncologist that would work with my oncologist in Tampa, because you can do your chemo anywhere, basically. So I did my chemo here in Atlanta, and that doctor said to me, well, you know you're stage four. And I'm like, no, I'm not. You should call my doctor. And uh, she said, yeah, you know, you, you have it here in your liver. She told me that. And she's like, and you have... You know, you've got some spots in your chest. You've got spots in your lungs. And I, I remember the, the first thing I asked her after that was, like, do you, do you think I'm going to die from this? And she goes, yes, probably so. And it was just devastating, maybe more so than it was already. And then um, I said, well, just call my doctor. And honestly, at that point, it meant nothing in terms of changing what what my, you know, the medical protocol that was going to happen, it meant not like no changes at all. We do the tour of the facility, we come back and, and she goes, all right. So I talked to your doctor, I'm treating you like stage three. And now knowing what I know, it didn't mean anything different. You know, they weren't going to like just change up everything. They, they still were doing what they were going to do. And, but it, I will say this, it gave me just like a little bit of hope. And that was so important. Right. So I actually spoke with a bunch of men back in November um, because we actually celebrated Movember. Yeah. And it was something where talking to men about, you know, for that particular month, we talked about prostate cancer and the fact that so many men don't go get checked because that's something where if it's caught early enough, 
You know, it's yeah. usually manageable, but most men don't. And by the time they get diagnosed, it's usually on the worst side. And it's that almost death sentence. So yeah. it sounds to me like, you know, talking about stage four, people weren't really hopeful with your prognosis. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, it's kind of crazy because I was hopeful. <laughs> um because I think, I don't know, I, I think that's one thing I, I've always been pretty positive, pretty happy person. And my boys were in kindergarten and second grade. And, um, you know, I always felt like if I died, like my husband, he could get over it. He, you know, he would be okay. But my boys, I, I just, I mean, that is what gave me such strength. And then in addition, I, um, I don't know if you even know this because I don't even think we even talked about this, but um, I grew up Jewish. Um, it was like me and Mike Coe and a few others. And um, uh, I, during this journey, um, one of my neighbors said, hey, you know, come with us to um, Passion City Church. And I was just kind of that mode of like, I was just open to everything. And I should should precursor that, that every, myself included, every one of my uh, siblings is, um, you know, we all, my mom and dad Jewish, grew up Jewish, every one of us um, married Catholics. So, um, and it, it was, I don't know, I always go food, family, guilt, same thing. And um, so when, when I first, um, before I actually got diagnosed, one of my son's um, son, one of my son's friends' dad, um, his name's Dwayne, and he's like this, I don't know, six eight, big guy, and he comes over, and knocks on the door, and I don't know him all that well. I know his um, his ex wife very well, and he goes, um, I know this may sound weird, but you've come in my spirit three times, and I know that I need to pray with you, and I was like. Okay. And I was so in that mindset of like, I just need everything, you know, like I like, I was in so much pain at that point. So he comes and he prays with us. And I just think, wow, that's such a nice person. It's just so selfless of him to do that. And then fast forward, I get diagnosed. He prays with us again. Um, and it's myself, my husband and him. And so, you know, it's like here I'm with two big guys and it is winter here it's January, it's cold, and um, as he's praying, I feel this incredible heat go through my entire body, and, you know, and I think if someone was telling me the story, I would go, yeah, right, but I was like, it happened to me, so, I mean, this heat goes through my whole body, I mean, I was shaking, I felt like I was going to get sick, and so I wasn't even paying attention to a word he was saying, and soon as he finishes, I like run to the restroom to go and like, you know, I'm thinking get sick. And it, I go, I look in the mirror and then two seconds later, it just like goes away. And, but my hairline was like completely wet. And I was like, what was that? It was freaking me out. And so I, I come back out and he is pacing in my house saying, God is in your house. God is in your house. Like, I'm like, okay. And I said, look at me, did you see me? And I'm telling him what's happening. I'm like, what, 
what was that? And he's like, that's the Holy Spirit. And this is me. And I'm like, I really don't understand that because I grew up Jewish. So um, it kind of put us on this crazy, amazing path. Um, and we started going to the church that my neighbors were going to. And, um, you know, I felt like every, and it's very progressive. I mean, they have like the Greek band and, you know, I, I, I never grew up in church, so I can't, I can't really compare it to anything, but, um, well, I can tell you that's better than the churches. I can tell you that's better than the churches I went to when I was growing up. So, (laughs) um, actually Chris Tomlin, who is a very big uh, Christian artist was our music director. Okay. So. He just kept there, and, he, and I remember he would just go, you know, today's a great day. It's such a beautiful, and you just make you feel good already. And so as I, I mean, I'm going through this journey, and probably like less than a week later, I said to my husband, I go, I know this sounds weird, but like, I'm okay with all of this. Like, I just know that we're going to be okay. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you said that because we – you know, like he essentially felt the same way. Like he was like, I didn't want to say anything to you to try to make this less than what it was, but I feel the same way. So all right. And it felt like every day is a gift and this total feeling of uh, just, you know, peace, you know, where they say in the Bible, peace to surpass all understanding. That's what it was for us big time. All right. So just so you know, and we didn't talk about this, but I kind of have followed a little bit of the journey. So I know the story of what you're talking and <laughs> don't be afraid to, to say whatever you want to say. I'll let you, you know, reveal as much as you want. But I know that, you know, you have given a few other podcast interviews and stuff. Um, you were in, what was it? Patient stories with uh, gray genetics, right? Uh, oh, that was so long. Oh, that was a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it it's too technical. Oh, you couldn't? It, we couldn't hear each other. So she was, you know, relaying what my sister would say. It just felt like, did we say everything we were supposed to say? You know? I was wondering about that because I was listening and thinking, okay, <laughs> why are they not sounding in sync? Like, you know, <laughs> like the question would be asked and it was like a translation of the question. And, okay, so you yeah. couldn't hear each other. All right, well, that made sense. But... Uh, so that was a podcast, and then you did a great show on Joy FM. Mm-hmm. I've, I've gotten to do two of them. Actually, my radio interview is actually my total favorite. Okay. Because um, there were so many, I, I mean, I felt like I got to share, like, some of those God stories along the way. And I will say, um, coming from um, Satellite, um I tell you, I was so, so, so blown away. Um, just the support that I got. Um, God, I could tell you a million different ones, but I mean, so many people um, would run in a 5K or some, like, had a friend running a Boston Marathon and put my name on their um, on their number. And um, do you remember um, Mark Mitchell? I know the name. The um, band. Okay. Yeah, the band so guy, right? Pat Rang. Pat Rang, yeah. Uh, Jim Patton. So, 
you remember him, but um, Mark and I were in Ten Tones together, the fabulous singing and dancing group. <laughs> and um, Mark had pretty long hair, um, and his son filmed him, filmed him, and he cut his hair while being filmed and talking about, like, me and the impact I had on his life and whatever. It was, it was I was blown away. Because the doctor told me I wasn't going to lose my hair, yet I lost all my hair. Yeah. And it came back. <laughs> came back strong. Um, but there was a, there was actually a, a day where, gosh, um, there are so many. Um, Mary, De- I always know her as Mary Deardorff. Um, Renee, um, who we talked about, Renee Freypart. Um, Frappaport. <laughs> uh, Carol Sanders. I'm going to just go by May names because I don't know their married names. Um, uh, Lori Hart, um, Glenn Grignan, Mary Swift was there, Anna Pacheco. Oh my gosh, I know I'm forgetting some. And some other m- most fabulous people. They, in the midst of my journey, they came over to my parents' house and prayed with me. It was it was amazing. It was really amazing. Just people, I always thought that, you know, you know, Alex Trebek went through pancreatic cancer, and I remember him saying something like, "When, when people like when, sort of when people know that you're that you're dying," and I think most people thought I was dying. Um, that people tell you what you meant to them. And it's such a gift. And I always try to tell people that like throughout life now, because it was such a gift. I mean, um, I remember, um, uh, oh my gosh, um, Brian Kirby, Greg Kirby's Greg, little brother. Okay. I've been there forever. Love, love both of them. And Brian Kirby like wrote me the nicest Facebook message and said something about how, I somehow had this brilliant conversation with him and changed and helped him change his life in a sense. I don't know, but it, who knows, but I, I was totally blown away by it. Um, uh, there's just, gosh, there's just so many of those stories. Um, well, I think along the way, I think that what happens is in, in a case like yours, well, let me first say that one of the things that happens in these situations is that most people would choose to keep their diagnosis a secret. It's like they don't mm-hmm. want people to know um, whatever fears they have, whatever reservations they have of, you know, maybe thinking that people would see them differently or feel pity on them or something like that. But you right. chose to go the opposite way. And there is... Mm-hmm a sort of strength in that, that people can look at you as, you know, a source of inspiration, a source of strength. um, And it brings people together. There's, there's two things I think in life that when you're going through certain situations and, you know, without going too wild on this, basically your family, your friends Mm -hmm. and your faith. Mm -hmm. And those are probably, and, yeah, I'm adding that and find another <laughs> F. Okay. <laughs> um, so it sounds like you were able to 
you know, draw on all four of those now. I'll add the fun in. And uh, it's something that, you know, once you, I think you said something in one of your interviews, and I don't remember which one it is, that, you know, you didn't choose to get the cancer, but you can choose how you live with it and your attitude. Yeah. Well, because people would ask me all the time, like, how are you so positive? And like, well, I mean, for me to be like in that super negative place puts me in a really bad place. And trust me, going on some of those like chat, everyone has pancreatic cancer chat rooms was like so hard. I, I was like, I can't be on these anymore because it is like misery loves company. And for me, it was like, I don't know. I just, you know, and, 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 and I will say this, I know that not everyone gets this gift and this miracle that I got. Um, but I do remember thinking like along the way, and I would always say this, as you were saying, let me go back to that, is that I would say, I didn't choose to get cancer. I didn't choose to go through this, but I get to choose my attitude. And that's what I get to choose. So I choose to be happy because I used to always think, you know, I got two boys and I didn't, I mean, and trust me, I hated when people felt sorry for me. And I certainly did not want my, my kids, like my poor mommy, I was still like trying to be as tough as ever and go to soccer games and really try to have normalcy in my life. I think now for people going through cancer, I know it's hard because COVID changes everything. No one can come and have lunch with you doing chemo or, you know, things like that. But I did talk to one woman recently who said, you know, I miss my grandkids. And I go, just, you got to let your grandkids come see you because sometimes that's more worth it than, you know, the fear of being sick and, and all that. Um, but I mean, to me, um, I don't know, faith totally carried me through it. I mean, there were days I remember, um, you know, chemo was bad. <laughs> it was so fun. I got down to 89 pounds. <laughs> no, it was bad, but it, it wasn't, hor- I mean, I always say it wasn't like, so horrible because I felt like I had, you know, this sort of, I would always, you know, throughout my journey, I'd always talk about it and I would always, um, you know, put what's going on and even, and be so honest. Like there were some times where I'm like, I am so over cancer. Like I'm ready to divorce you cancer type of thing. And, um, you know, I felt like I had this huge group of cheerleaders, prayer warriors. I mean, I would, I would think to myself, like, I can't let them down. I got to beat this, you know? I mean, I had to beat it for my boys, for my husband, um, you know, for my family, but gosh, and for myself. But, um, you know, faith was a huge part of it. Yeah. Now, speaking of the faith, because you were diagnosed in 2012, we didn't talk about the little journey that you had and how, you know, less than a year later, you got to the point where you were feeling like cancer's gone, right? Yeah, that was, um, that was so well because what had happened was I was done. um, I did 12 rounds of pretty intense chemo 
And then after that, I had to do radiation. So I was actually in Tampa for five weeks doing radiation every day with a, with a 24-hour chemo pump, um, which was actually a walk in the park compared to the chemo, the big chemo. And once that was done, my doctor was like, you have to be off. Because I would go, okay, he's like, we're scanning you in a month. And I kept saying, are you sure you don't want to give me more chemo? Because I got this, you know? And he's like, no, 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 you got to be off of everything. You got to give your body a break. So I went off of everything for a month. And that was like probably the most difficult month because it was, it just, I felt like I wasn't fighting anything and I was so emotional and, um, and then it became more emotional when um, a girlfriend who I met, never in, per- never in person, but we met, we'd so, we should have met, but we had so many mutual friends. We would email or talk on the phone or whatever, and she had late stage four melanoma. So she, um, I got home, I actually went to a conference, and it's really funny because I presented at this conference. I don't remember anything from this conference. I remember little bits of this, but I really don't remember anything, which is like chemo brain. Um, so anyways, I, um, so when I got back, my husband uh, pulled me aside and he goes, hey, you know, uh, your friend Tara, well, she passed away yesterday or whatever it was. And I was just like, and it felt like, like I was not only mourning her, but I was mourning for us, you know, because she had two kids. Hers were like four and seven. My kids were, um, you know, at that point, six and eight. And it was devastating. It was, I mean, all I could think of is like, it's going to be bad. And I actually ended up talking to her husband and I was like, how are you doing? And he's like, the days are okay because we're busy but the nights are horrific and all I just put me in this tailspin of crying and crying and crying. I cried for like three days straight. My husband kept saying, you need to, you need to pop out of this. You need to get out of this. And I kept saying to him, I just, I'm just in a really bad place. I just kept saying that to him. So I basically pushed him out the door on, I guess it's like a, it was a Saturday night. I pushed him out the door and he, cause he was wanting us to go to a concert. And I was like, I'm not going to this concert. <laughs> and I was, you know, pretty weak. And I was like, you go, you go. And I pushed him out. And so put my kids to bed. And that night I literally cried and prayed and cried and prayed till I woke up. And then that morning I look at my husband, I go, I'm okay. And he goes, yeah. And, you know, he probably knows like, thank God she's not crying anymore. And, I said, no, 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 I'm okay. And I said, I have really good dreams. I don't remember what they were about, but okay. And then I said, I think, I don't think I have cancer anymore. And he's just like, look at me. I go, I'm not sh- I don't know. That was the words that just came to me. And so I felt this peace. And then that was like the first time going into scans where you don't have that scanxiety and you're like freaking out. And I used to yell at everyone the night before. <laughs> You know, and then we pray together and then we're okay. But um, I was kind of the first ones that I, early on like that, I I wasn't stressed out. And 
you know, that was like two weeks later from that point, two weeks later, I had scans and the, the doctor walks in and, you know, we do the song and dance. I'm like, how are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. How am I doing? And he said, well, you know, uh, and they had done a PET scan. He goes, nothing lit up in your PET scan. You have absolutely no active cancer. So like whatever God gave me to like, he was right on. And I really, honestly, I remember thinking to myself, like, even if I, I still have cancer, I'm still going to believe that I'm okay. So, um, yeah, I, and, it was And when was that, amazing. when was that scan? That was, um, October 4th, 2012, which right. is like, if you read anyone's like story on pancreatic cancer, it's, it's kind of unheard of to go from stage four to no cancer in that amount of time. Yeah. And we're talking so, nine, nine months. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. It was. Uh, Which is weird because what's the prognosis for people normally with stage four? So you want to hear something weird? When I got diagnosed, they told me you have less than nine months to live. Mm-hmm. So I got diagnosed January 5th and clear October 5th, but or October 4th. And I said, I was supposed to die tomorrow. You know, is kind of how I put it. And I'm like, I knew it was, I mean, I truly felt like I got a miracle by far. I mean, even, and I will say this, how crazy is this that even in the midst of the journey, in the midst of like where I really looked bad, I really felt bad, you know, like I, there was one point that I had, my entire mouth was sore, was like, like a big sore inside that I could not eat. And um, I still felt so much joy. Incredible. As only God. Incredible. I do want to, before we get too late, I want to acknowledge somebody else in the chat that hasn't gone through the exact same story as you, but was also somebody who was not supposed to be around as much as, as they are now. But Todd, the overcomer shoemaker and uh, puts Mm -hmm. a note in here saying, I can totally relate. I shared a, a lot of goodbyes with family and friends before Jesus helped me. I was told I only had two weeks to live. Attitude is so important. And uh, yeah. Todd was, uh, he's been on a couple of my shows, both on my tech show and on, on this show. So uh, another story, folks. I need to, I need to listen to that one. Yep. That's amazing. That's and, so funny, the overcomer part, because um, my pastor, I'm, I, by the way, I got baptized in the midst of all this craziness, but um, my pastor is Louis Giglio, and he has a book out, The Comeback. And I am chapter 12. Oh. So that was really cool. There you go. I'll have to get, I don't have that link, so we'll need to get that. Chapter 12. I've got links to all your other stuff, including your open letter to Alex Trebek. That uh, since <laughs> since you kicked cancer's butt, you sent an, a, a message to Alex to tell him to also kick the butt. Um, what was that like? Um, it was kind of, it was kind of like once news was out that, that Alex had cancer, I would tell you 
everyone sent me a text or a message or called me. Even my sister called me, which I thought was pretty funny. I'm like, I have him on speed dial. And um, uh, so anyways, long story short, um, I, I belong in this group um, where there's a bunch of publicists, a bunch of people that represent people. And I, um, I reached out to everyone and said, hey, I'm a stage four pancreatic cancer survivor. Does anyone know how to get in touch with Alex? And um, uh, the person that was the, um, she was the editor for um, dailymeal.com ended up, um, she said, hey, if you write a letter, I'll publish it. And I'm like, okay. So I had gotten home from work and about to go to bed. And my husband's like, put your laptop away. And then I take it out again. And he's like, what are you doing with your laptop? And I go, I got to write that letter. Because if I don't, I have to, I mean, I have to write it tonight because I have to send it to her before, you know, seven in the morning or whatever it was. So I end up sending her this letter at like three or four in the morning and he's already asleep. My husband's already asleep. So I can't even read it to him. And I'm like, okay. So I wrote to the editor and I said, as you see, I'm sending this at three in the morning. Please feel free to make any changes. And she goes, I just made one common change and you're all good. And she published it by like, I don't know, 10 a.m. And I will tell you, there were probably more satellite people that were like, oh, my God, it opened MSN.com and you were on there. So it hit MSN.com and it just, my, my phone started blowing up and it was wild. I never expected that. And it went incredibly viral. Um, I think it was Mary Deardorff that sent me a video because, you know, you don't know what it's going to be on. Right. But um, like Kathy Lee wrote it, uh, read it on when she was on Kathy Lee and Hoda. Um, I it noticed so many things. It was amazing. And I think it was so good that it got it out there. I think, I think Alex for really make, being public about his journey too. That was really good. I've got a couple of those links uh, still up there. CBS news, uh, has it in a couple of other places. So a very inspirational thing here. Um, getting a lot of activity in the chat there. So uh, <laughs> I want to go back. And <laughs> somebody wrote chemo brain is a real thing. Oh, and uh, yeah. then a true miracle, uh, especially that's, that is. That's my sister-in-law who is like one of my prayer warriors. And she, she's the one that when Dwayne came in, Prayed with me that first time she was right there and she's the one this is, this is the best part she said oh by the way um my my you know Elise is Jewish so you may not want to use the whole Jesus thing and I was like no no, no. say what you want to say um you know like pray how you normally pray I'm opening my heart to everything so and Carla's on there see that yeah She's like the strongest person on the planet. Wow. So you mentioned Damon. Is that the name? Is that the doorman that you said that uh, that you didn't know at the time and stopped you to pray? Oh, no, no. Um, um, Dwayne, Dwayne was the one that came to my house okay. and prayed with us. He prayed with us twice. And then, I mean, obviously more than that. But no, um, at Passion City Church, they have... I mean, if you volunteer, they call you a door holder, and I do that too. 
I'm actually on the prayer team, um, even though I have not gone to church in a while because of COVID. Um, but my husband and I, we go for the first time, right? And we go and we sit down and this door holder, I've never seen this happen. And I've, and I still to this day don't know who it was, but she comes over and it, I, I tell you, is amazing. I still am like chills about it. So she comes over and says, I, um, can I pray with you? And I mean, we're talking like my diagnosis was days old and I couldn't even get the words out. And then I start crying and my husband's like, my wife, I'm like, hear what I say now, I want to cry. But my husband was like, my wife is just diagnosed, you know, with pancreatic cancer is what he said. And she prays with us. And that, I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> so I hate that. Uh, I hate I said that, but, but it allowed me to also say, she said, cause she's the one that said, oh, you may know I need to hold Jesus in it because Lisa's Jewish, but however, it, I would have probably never said out loud, I'm opening my heart to everything. So that was for a reason. Okay. So. All right. We are uh, coming up on the hour, so we're going to end off the show. But I do want to let people know that if you are in the chat and watching with us, we are going to stay after we close out the show. So if you have questions, comments, uh, Elise has offered to stay on. I don't know how long we'll stay on. I don't know. We're broadcasting both on. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do midnight. Um, we are broadcasting live on YouTube and the Facebook. I don't know how long we can stay on. I think I've been able to be on a couple of hours, so we do have time. Uh, but if you are listening to this through audio or you are sort of catching this uh, towards the end, you can go back and catch the full replay if you head over to UncleMarv.com. And once this show is published, uh, all of the... Uh, informations will uh, be there in terms of the episodes, both the audio and the video will be there. And uh, just so that you know, I'm just putting across the screen, we are going to be here every Monday night at 8 p.m. And to make the link easy, if you just want to remember com slash live, you'll get whatever video feed is there. Of course, you can stay subscribed in YouTube or the Facebook, and you'll get notifications when we go there. And again, if you go to UncleMarv.com, you can check all the backlog of episodes. The episode with Todd is uh, Shoemaker is on there as well. So that'll be good. Now, one thing I want to do before we go off is I'm going to also put across this uh, thing at the bottom. Why don't you tell us a little bit about... Kendra Scott. So they partnered with PANCAM, which is the Pancreatic, Act, um, Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. Um, I'm the affiliate coach here in Atlanta, but they have so many. So if perhaps you happen to know someone that unfortunately gets diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, send them there. They have so many um, uh, they have so many services. Um, they have patient services help you find a doctor. Um, they'll actually test your tumor tissue to determine which uh, is the best uh, chemotherapy for you. So um, 
if you shop and it's on um, third this Thursday and Friday, and who does not love Kendra Scott? Actually, my necklace is Kendra Scott. I love it. Um, and just go to KendraScott.com, but you got to use this code, um, give back, and it's dash O-R-Q-S. It's on my Facebook page. Um, it's, think about it. In a couple of weeks, it'll be um, Valentine's Day. So yes. get your sweetheart something sweet. Yep. So that uh, is there. I'll have the link for that as well. Uh, this Thursday and Friday, January 28th and 29th, KendraScott.com with the code word give back to dot. No, that's a dash. Give back dash O R Q S. Yep. So, uh, or of course, you can go to Elisa's Facebook page and find that. So, all right. So, stop yep. sharing that. Get back here. There. And there. All right. So, Elise, anything else that we missed? I know that we, you know, it's tough trying to cram all of this in in, a, in an hour. Um, we didn't even talk about a lot of stuff from back home and, and all the friends <laughs> and family. We'll, uh, we'll probably have to do a part two at some point and uh, maybe get some yeah. of these people on and hear their, hear their times with you. All these people, I, I know just about every one of these people. <laughs> I think they'd all say, at least know where all the parties were. <laughs> and I, I think everyone remembers my student government barbecue uh, uh, the end of my senior year. Okay, here's a question. Before we go, I know we, <laughs> so we're in, here's the thing. You were only one year behind me, right? Okay, I don't remember all of this. I don't remember you because I was in 10 tones. I don't remember you in 10 tones. I was not in 10 tones my sophomore year. Okay. So your junior year, you were in it? it uh, wait, you, wait, did you graduate 84 or 85? 85. Okay. I don't know. I was in it my junior and senior year. All right. So you just didn't see me when I was in TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> was I that hard to miss? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, and Student government? Um, I mean, come Menzel on. Was my, Blake Menzel was my partner. Okay. All right. And I know, and we I had. Year. Now I'm like thinking about, I'm like, I don't know, maybe I wasn't. No, I know I was. Mark <laughs> Mitchell was in it. I don't, I don't know. I don't, see, I was in it with, so there was Alan Crouch, Redhead Ellen, Hella, Heather. Uh, let's see, who else was yeah, in it? Yeah. Karen, Karen the Zek. Um, who else was there? Michael Whiteside. Yeah, Michael was in it when I was in it. Okay. Yeah, you just must not have seen me. How's <laughs> <laughs> that possible? I don't know. We have to go back and look at our yearbooks and like don't look at my pictures, but um <laughs> Well, here's the thing with yearbooks. You can get away with it because people will see your picture and be like, Wow, you really changed. Look at you. You you look so good. People will look at me. I my feelings in high school. What was that? <laughs> I said, I ate my feelings in high school. <laughs> and people will look at me and go, you look the same. That's a good thing. That's, That's sometimes really it's, thing. sometimes it's not. <laughs> um, 
All right, so let's do this. Let's go ahead and end off the show, and we'll talk later about you coming back, and we'll get some of these people on, and we'll share stories. We'll figure out the 10-tone years and see who was in where and uh, do all of that. <laughs> and, uh, again, those of you that are... Those of you that are watching, uh, be sure to stay with us after the fact and uh, hang out with us in the post show. That's going to do it for this episode of the Uncle Marv podcast. Head over to UncleMarv.com. Get all the information, all the places where you can listen to the show, all the places where you can watch. And until next time, holla. Holla.